the Gritty Growing Up podcast. Because mental health conversations don't have to be uncomfortable and argumentative. Gritty Growing Up is about challenging the perceptions of childhood and recognising that whilst it isn't what it used to be, we can still make it positive. Join us as we share conversations, knowledge and strategies to help your family connect and move forward together. Welcome back to Gritty Growing Up. Now, we all consume television in some form, whether it's weekly soaps, binge-watching box sets, or losing ourselves in films. So this episode, we're asking that question, does what we consume on television impact our views and perceptions of mental health? Now, whilst it can't be disputed that over the years, directors and producers have brought to life many mental health issues, from OCD to anorexia, grief to anxiety, schizophrenia to depression, and they've all raised incredible awareness but are they realistic in the aftermath? Now, I want you to consider at home what you watch on the television with your families, what your young people in your families are consuming, what your children watch. And I want you to consider the impact that these might be having on our bias, our belief systems, and the way that we interpret mental health. Social learning theory shows us that our perceptions of the world around us are influenced by what we absorb through daily interactions and observations. Whilst on the other hand, cultivation theory suggests that individuals who live in a virtual world are likely to assume the viewpoints that they see as their own. So the quality of the information we absorb directly influences our belief systems around mental health. So what impact does this have on our own and our children's mental health and the understanding of it? Now, my greatest concern is that so frequently when these issues are pursued, the build up and the storylines, the characters are really, really interesting. They're really absorbing. We become almost addicted to them. However, so frequently, what we don't see is a really thorough representation of the treatment programmes and the therapeutic or pharmaceutical interventions that are completed after that. We watch for weeks as the quiet development of mental health issues is really carefully woven into storylines. We watch the slow development of symptoms. We sit there completely awestricken and like waiting for the friends and family and neighbours to recognise what's happening. We see the development we see that crisis point, we see the development of a diagnosis, and then, in the majority of cases, the issue just evaporates into thin air. No thorough therapeutic intervention, no adjustments, no relapses, just a magic wand, and we're in full recovery. And that concern there is that the average person, say, with anorexia, has an average duration of eight years of illness, bulimia five years however those illnesses can also become severe and enduring they can last for so many years and have a hugely debilitating effect on families friends and the individual who's suffering and if we're watching someone recovering from an eating disorder a week after recovery are we really helping our young people helping our families understand what that treatment looks like in OCD on average people have symptoms for around 11 years before seeking help And a treatment programme for mild symptoms alone is around 10 hours, which could be split over a weekly or fortnightly period. If it's bipolar, symptoms may be present for up to two years in adults, one year in children before diagnosis, and will require lifelong intervention, whether that's medication, therapy, a combination, regular assessments. So what's the impact when we absorb information on the television, in films, in box sets, that recovery is instantaneous? Does it impact our awareness that we might need to engage in significant periods of therapy? Does it stop us recognising that sometimes ongoing medication is required to stabilise a mental health condition? 
And does it mean that if we don't see instant results for ourselves, that actually we might be more likely to give up on therapy or interventions? Will it perhaps even prevent us from even seeking out those options in the first place because what we absorb on a regular basis is the complete opposite? Now, what we observe on that daily basis, weekly basis, becomes embedded into our belief systems. Now, if you consider the types of television, soaps, films, box sets that you or your family consume, let's consider what we see. Now, we know that reality TV alone is a firm favourite in so many households. But is it okay to be glorifying mental health in reality TV? Is it really okay to make television out of an individual's mental health breakdowns? When we watch a human, not a character, an actual human struggling on a reality TV programme, I want you to consider the aftermath of the memes, newspaper articles and social media that occurs and how that commentary influences our belief systems on a conscious and unconscious level. When did it actually become funny to watch someone in mental health crisis? And ethically, how is it acceptable for nothing more than ratings to be the reason to provide that? Beyond that, what impact does it have on young people who consume that content and their beliefs that if they tell others their struggles, that they might too be vilified? What influence does it have on their use of social media if someone says that they're struggling? Do they actually run a risk and a concern that if they tell someone, this is what's happening to me, they too will become the subject of the joke? Has it actually normalised posting negative connotations of mental health? Whilst we watch some reality TV stars talk about their mental health and seeking support and their therapeutic journeys, is that enough to counterbalance the negative imagery that we consume on the screen? And whilst we might find that actually reality TV has become a dominant factor in our online watching, how safe is the message that is actually being given to our young people? Now, when the media represents mental illness in an exaggerated, inaccurate or comical manner, it affects a person's belief systems. The person sitting consuming it becomes caught up in this world. Is there an equal differentiation between genders and mental health conditions? Do we normalise certain mental health conditions to men and to women? For instance, why there's so many individuals in TV programmes with mental health issues that are murderers or violent or destructive? So even though we know that data and statistics tells us that very few people with mental health issues are dangerous, does it still lead to a belief in many people that mental health issues must be avoided or are scary or destructive or can ruin futures? Which in turn can lead to belief systems that if someone expresses that they're struggling, people will perceive them in the same way. And then I want you to consider how we talk about mental health on the television when we're watching. Those conversations that we have in our front rooms when the TV is playing, is it positive conversation? Is it silence? Does it make us uncomfortable, pleased, sad, upset? We all carry an unconscious bias. And have you recognised your own bias around mental health issues? And have you ever considered the impact that some of those very innocent comments, those unconscious comments that we might be having could impact the way that a young person might perceive the reaction they would get if they were to come to you with a mental health issue. Now, why is it that characters that work in mental health on these programmes are so frequently developed into negative characters? When did you last see a character on a TV programme in a box set complete a duration of therapeutic intervention for mental health? Why haven't we normalised that it's okay for these characters who have gone through this huge build-up these elaborate storylines 
why have we not normalized it that actually it's okay for them to go and seek out therapy that might be weeks, months, or even a significant period after that to even be dipping in and out of it for a lifetime? Why do we still so frequently see those people with mental health on TV programs incarcerated or institutionalized, carted off in white jackets, never to be seen again, or to come back suddenly fixed? What impact does that have on young people's willingness to engage with professionals? Does it create an unconscious worry that if they disclose a mental health issue, that they may too be stereotyped stereotyped as crazy? Retrospectively, is everything just too optimistic? Quick recoveries, fast diagnosis, perfect intervention. When did we last see a character where their initial treatment failed? Where they trialled multiple therapies before finding the right one? And how does that contribute to young people's feelings that they might be a failure if it doesn't happen to them like it did in the movies? Now, we know that therapy for many individuals might actually involve seeking out different types of therapies. It might be having a blended approach of a number of different therapies that we're working through at the same time. So we might have a course of CBT. We might have a course of counselling. We might have a course of BWRT, hypnotherapy. We might use a wide range of different therapies over a period of time to deal with different parts of that issue. So when did we last see that represented on a box set? And does it actually therefore influence the likelihood of us accessing support because we don't understand what else is on offer? And when did you last see a whole family accessing support and help after that diagnosis of the individual in the family? So in cases of situations like eating disorders, actually sometimes the wider family do need support. Support groups, help, online support, might be that actually individual and family go and seek out therapy of their own, but when did we ever see that represented? So here's some parting thoughts. If we watched more male characters in therapy on TV shows, would it open the door to more men seeking help for mental health? If we prevented the media from utilising mental health crisis for ratings, would we all have a healthier and more knowledgeable attitude to mental health? If we had a correct portrayal of mental health treatment on television, would it give people greater empathy and consideration to those with mental health? And if we demonstrated the support available to the individual and family members, would it allow more access in the future and therefore a greater understanding of mental health for all? Media is a really powerful tool. It has the opportunity to open conversations, start dialogue and raise awareness. But as a family, we need to consider the variety of media types that we consume on a daily basis. The messages that are being portrayed, our own unconscious bias around mental health and what we might need to challenge, how we talk about mental health at home and the messages that it sends to our children, the way we react when mental health is in conversation, the type of content we choose to share on social media, particularly when it actually represents mental health, and the way we respond or comment on posts in social media and how this might demonstrate our own bias. Just thinking sometimes before we click. Until next time, thanks for joining us on Gritty Growing Up and we'll be back to talk about more aspects of mental health, well-being and families very soon. Take care. Stay safe, keep open-minded and we'll look forward to sharing more gritty moments with you next time. If you want to up your knowledge in the meantime, head over to www.dandeliontraininganddevelopment.com. 